Welcome to the Old Ways for the New Age podcast, where we are embracing ancient ways of being and opening our hearts to the magic of everyday life. We are your hosts, Christy and Hannah. Join us as we romance the ordinary, re-enchant our own lives with plant magic and get ourselves back to the garden. Before we get into the podcast, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the unceded land on which we live, work and record, the Wanjaraburra people. We wish to honour their elders past, present and emerging and recognise their continued connection to the land, sea and community. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Old Ways for the New Age podcast. Today we just have me, Christy, as a solo episode and we'll be walking you through some really fascinating, interesting facts about sleep and dreaming in honour of the Pisces new moon and the fact that the sun is also entering Pisces season this week as well, pretty much around the same time. This Pisces new moon, and remember, a new moon is all about planting seeds and setting intentions for the month ahead. The Pisces new moon asks us to plant those seeds with love and manifest from a place of true authenticity. Pisces, to me, is kind of a little bit childlike, and my dad and my younger sister are both Pisceans, and it's not so much a an innocence. They're very worldly and old souls, but they just have that wonderful sense of childlike wonder that I think is very important as you age to maintain. I think it's where we learn to find joy in the little things. So I feel like this week is a really great time to look at where you experienced true joy and love in your own childhood and try to bring that back into your life now. It's a time where we're all feeling a bit more intuitive and sometimes that makes us feel like we want to close our hearts off to the world a little bit, especially for highly sensitive people or empaths. So it's about trying to work out how you can be intuitive and open and receptive from an open-hearted place. And since Pisces is all about water, my sister is definitely a water baby. She loves the water. It would be the perfect time for a bathing ritual, especially one that focuses on the new moon. So perhaps a bath where you set your intentions, dream up possibilities, think about what it is that your soul truly desires to manifest and really explore what it is that you authentically desire. A meditation to visit your inner child would be really good as well. And just incorporating all this into a bathing ritual would be a really beautiful practice for this new moon. And in honor of dreamy Pisces, we're going to be talking about dreams this week. So let's get stuck in. In ancient cultures, dreaming was viewed as medicine and as an ocular art. There were dream oracles, kind of like priests or priestesses, who could either dream on your behalf or decipher your own prophetic dream. They really focused on dreams as being ways of seeing into the future. Dreaming provided access to the other realm where you could visit gods and goddesses and also people you know who had passed on. So it was kind of like this this other realm, this other world that you actually went to to visit. 
In some places around the world, there even existed sleep temples, which is just incredible to me, where the dreamer would go through a process to incubate dreams and encourage specific lucid dreams. Three or 4,000 years ago, our ancestors understood and valued dreams far more than we do. People visited these sleep temples specifically to go through rituals and to sleep dreams. They believed that healing could occur in a dream through certain rites and rituals prior to. So the sleep sanctuaries were kind of like wellness centers where the person was treated holistically and they used practices like purging, fasting, clean eating um, prior to the dream to prepare the dreamer so that they could go into a lucid dream and then call upon certain gods and goddesses to aid in the healing of their physical body. Moving along the timeline a little bit, we came to Christianity becoming the main belief system and dreams for a little while there were actually seen as very similar sort of things where they were seen as carrying messages from God or angels and that hung around until about the 1600s and then they were viewed more as a sort of occult practice and were viewed as dangerous even. It wasn't actually until the mid-1800s with people like Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung, among others, who actually started to explore the world of dreams again and look at them in a different way. Um, Carl Jung in particular researched ancient beliefs and dreams, and he found that to him the pattern of the universe was one of duality. And he started to explore the worlds of archetypes something that is not necessarily new. It's something that ancient people used. You see a lot of archetypes in their myths. Um, and he looked at things like universal symbols. And from there, he developed this idea of the collective unconscious. The basic meaning of this is that we are all able to access through the collective unconscious, kind of universal database of symbols and archetypes that all mean the same thing to all of us as individuals. So dreams can kind of be decoded using those. And that's where you get things like dream dictionaries, where you can look up certain things and figure out what they mean. In ancient times, however, dreams were considered a crucial part of life. They were seen as ways to understand this other realm and also to look into our own futures. They were looked at mostly as messages from the other side or as prophecies. Nowadays, of course, they're regarded more as emotional expressions from our innermost selves and sort of take on a way of working out our sort of emotional and mental issues and problems from like a psychological point of view. But what really fascinates me is these sleep sanctuaries. So you would go to a sleep sanctuary to incubate a dream and incubation is defined as sleeping with the intention of receiving a dream reply to a question asked of a god or goddess having first performed certain rituals and rites so these could involve things like smoke cleansing fasting abstinence of meat and alcohol and sometimes even included abstinence of sex studies have shown that actually not eating or only eating very light in the hours before bedtime does actually result in more dream sleep and can promote lucid dreams as well. Lucid dreams are dreams where the dreamer is aware that they are dreaming within the dream and so they have some kind of control over what happens in the dream. 
I remember having one of these when I was younger and I had never been able to fly in my dreams up to that point. And I was walking down this tree-lined road and it kind of looked like it was in Tuscany. And I suddenly realized that I was dreaming. I don't actually remember how I realized I was dreaming. Some people say that looking at your hands in the dream can actually trigger the awareness that you're in a dream. I don't remember that. I just remember I suddenly remembered I was dreaming. And so the very first thing I thought to do was obviously to fly. Um, And I managed to get above the treetops, but it was kind of more like an extended jump and, and fly for a bit and then float down kind of like big giant slow motion jumps. I've been trying to get more lucid dreams, but I think there's also a little bit of a taboo with lucid dreams as well. Some people think that they could be quite dangerous, but I think that's just because it's, it's misunderstood, but also I think there's just not enough, enough knowledge or research that has gone into lucid dreams yet for us to fully understand them. We know a lot about dreaming in general. Heaps of studies have been done about that. Dreaming is actually referred to as REM sleep. So if you've ever looked into sleep and what happens when we're asleep, REM is called REM because of rapid eye movement. So they've discovered that what happens when we dream is we have these rapid eye movements and we usually dream or experience REM in the early hours of the morning when we've had enough cycles of kind of going between non-REM and REM sleep. So if you're a very early riser, you might think you never have dreams. And that's probably why you're probably waking up before you actually get to the cycle where you dream the most. And what happens to our brains when we actually lucid dream is fascinating. It's kind of like this hybrid state of consciousness. It's something that doesn't happen in ordinary dreams. And The neural signature of a lucid dream is made up of both REM sleep, so normal dream, but also with wakefulness features within it. It's kind of like a type of what they call metacognition. And the neural basis of this seems to be the activation of the right dorsolateral prefrontal cortex and the precuneus. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. But these are the regions which are pretty much dormant during normal dreaming. And what's really amazing is that these are also the areas which are typically associated with things like memory, self-assessment, perception, and decision-making. So frequent lucid dreamers, adult lucid dreamers, are shown to be really excellent problem solvers. And what's also really interesting is that children are really great lucid dreamers, and children often have a lot of lucid dreams. So is it possible that what they're learning about themselves through lucid dreams is kind of like they're working on their self-identity through these dreams. I mean, they do say that our core beliefs are programmed into us as children um, up to like the age seven roundabout. So is, is that possibly what is happening? I mean, children do also spend a lot of their time in this sort of like imagination, imaginary world as well. It's part of um, how they learn And going back even further, babies, babies actually spend most of their time in REM sleep, in the dream world. So could it be that they too are kind of like discovering themselves and this new world through those dreams? Is it because they've just come from the dream world or the dream realm and they're kind of in this limbo where they're half here and half there? 
because it's really interesting that recent scientific studies, several of these in fact, are actually now showing that the brain states that we experience when we, when we lucid dream are actually very similar to the states that we experience when we take psychedelics and have near-death experiences. So how can you invite more lucid dreaming in? Well, for one thing, the environment in which you sleep is very important. So it's actually noticed that when we are in REM sleep, we're more sensitive to the environment we're in. And that's how certain sounds, scents, even the temperature can make its way into our dreams. It's actually been shown that heat, so being overly hot, can result in more nightmares. Not eating too much before you go to bed is another one. I think there's this old wives tale actually it's something about cheese where you don't eat cheese before bed because it results in nightmares and it's it's something to do with the link between your digestion working overtime having to work overtime and that resulting in more nightmares so what happens when you physically go to sleep is that your body actually goes through a healing process so things like your blood pressure will drop your heart will take a little break Um, Sleep causes the body to release hormones that slow breathing, relax your muscles, and these kind of things help reduce things like inflammation and assist with actual physical healing. There's a number of different hormones that are released during, during sleep, and they all kind of have different purposes. So melatonin, which is released by the pineal gland, controls your sleep patterns. We all kind of know that at this point. Levels increase at nighttime. They make you feel sleepy. There's certain things that mean that you don't produce enough melatonin which can prevent sleep and those would include things like looking at your phone so candlelight one hour before bed is fantastic while you're sleeping your pituitary pituitary gland actually releases growth hormone as well which helps your body to grow and repair itself Um, your sympathetic nervous system which controls your fight or flight response actually relaxes during sleep as well and Studies have shown that when you're deprived of sleep, that sympathetic nervous system activity increases, and that's mirrored through an increase in blood pressure, levels of cortisol, the stress hormone, and everything. And when you actually get more sleep, levels of cortisol decrease. And another thing, what actually happens with your immune system whilst you're sleeping is that your immune system releases a type of these small proteins called cytokines. I think that's how you pronounce it. And if you're sick or injured... Those help your body fight inflammation, infection, and trauma. And without enough sleep, your immune system will not function at its best because it doesn't have enough of these going around helping your body fight whatever it has. So I feel like there's this really great link there where, you know, we, we saw early on about the dream temples and how people would use lucid dreams to actually go into the dream and heal their bodies and our bodies are literally going through a physical healing process as we're sleeping so the link there is real and I think that this is a really untapped resource for healing so there are some herbs you can use for sleeping and dreaming as well sleeping in particular to relax the body and the mind things like lavender passion flower lemon balm all fantastic At the shop, we actually have so many sleep remedies and it is one of the most requested remedies of all time in the shop. It's something that a lot of people struggle with. And you know what? If you're a parent, you get it, (laughs) especially when you've got young, young children, you just don't get a lot of sleep at all. 
For dreaming in particular, though, things like blue lotus, frankincense and mugwort are all really, really good. Blue lotus was actually used in ancient Egypt in a lot of their rituals, and it has a really beautiful, I mean, it's relaxing, but it also has this sort of like psychoactive element to it where it kind of feels like um if you if you imbibe it it can kind of give give you like a little bit of a mild high some people report it feeling like you're floating a little bit in your body but it's not like a a scary psychedelic trip it's just very relaxing we actually have two episodes one on blue lotus and one on frankincense and we'll be doing Hannah will be doing a episode next week on mugwort. So I'll link the blue lotus and the frankincense one in the show notes below so that you can learn a little bit more about those plants. And actually plants coming to people in dreams is actually really, really common. And I've had a few of those myself. So in the frankincense episode, you'll actually hear me talk about um, the dream I had where frankincense visited me and told me she likes to be called Ollie Barnum, not frankincense. <laughs> so definitely listen to that one. It's really interesting. And something I actually didn't know when I recorded that was that I mentioned in the episode, the ancient Egyptian queen Hatchput and how she was the first queen to bring Boswellia, which is frankincense trees into Egypt. And i I found out recently that her temple actually has a sleep temple in it as well. So I wonder if they smoked olibanum, like incense, in those temples because using frankincense smoke is something that's very common and it actually is used in in churches throughout history as well. And burning the resin of olibanum, to create that beautiful fragrant smoke has actually been shown to have mildly psychoactive properties as well. And it's proven to help you recall dreams more vividly and to have more vivid dreams too. It alleviates anxiety and depression as well. So it's useful in in preparing for the dream as part of like a ritual and rite. So I think that's really fascinating. I also recently had a dream about my butterfly pea plant which was huge in the dream and really abundant in growth. And every time I picked a flower, another would appear in its place immediately like magic. And if you have ever grown butterfly pea, you would know that the plant basically gives you two flowers each day. And if you pluck those, it'll give you another two flowers each day. So the fact that in this dream, another appeared and it was just so abundant and it wasn't rationed out like that, just left left me feeling... I don't know. It's just so peaceful and so blessed. It was just, it was the feeling that was left behind in the dream that was so important. I'm still kind of trying to work out the message there, but I think it's basically just to embrace abundance. And we've already seen that it's possible that when we dream, we go into this sort of dream world, this dream space, it's like another realm. So is it possible that this realm that we go into is a space where plant spirits are able to communicate with us and when we go into a meditation which is sort of like a semi-sleep is it possible that plant spirits can communicate with us there as well i think so there have been so many instances where people have gone into meditations and group meditations in particular where they've focused on a certain plant say for example the arrow and when they've all come out of that 
meditation and shared their stories, their experiences with the plant spirit, they've all been very, very similar. And they all say very similar things, which is just amazing. And I think it's proof there that you're actually accessing something that is universal. Which brings me to introduce something new that we have, that Hannah and I have introduced to Bohemian Farmhouse. We are actually facilitating plant spirit immersions and we're calling them green witch rituals. So you actually come in to the shop and it's this beautiful, relaxing, peaceful experience where you are given a smoke cleanse, an elixir with the the plant and you can choose from three plants. We've decided to do rose, yarrow and elderflower. And then you are laid down on the biomat. For those who don't know, a biomat is kind of like a infrared amethyst crystal mat, which promotes body healing. And we cocoon you in, put the earphones on, and you listen to a beautiful guided meditation where you're taken into the realm where you can communicate with the plant spirit. So the rose one is this beautiful experience with rose and your higher self. And so far already, we've had a couple of people listen to this meditation and just say it's just a beautiful experience for reconnecting with yourself as well and just finding and just finding that that love there and that peace. And then when you come out of the meditation, Hannah will help you to unravel any of the messages and you get to sort of debrief, have a little chat about it. She does a little mini card reading and then you're given a flower essence of that flower to take with you as well. And we also have a little talisman bag of the dried flower which sits on your heart during the meditation and we also have the essential oil going in the air as well. So it's just kind of this beautiful immersion of all the different ways that you could experience the plant at the same time. And we're just so excited to offer these because it's something that's really, really unique. So we'll be starting these in March. And if you go ahead and follow us on social media, you'll be able to see some little previews and snippets and videos of what it is that we'll be offering. And you will be able to have a look on the website as well and read more about them too. So that's it for today. I hope you really enjoyed this episode about sleep and dreaming and we will see you next week. Have a good week. Bye. Thank you for joining us and for listening in. We know your time is sacred and special and we appreciate you spending yours with us. Please feel free to go ahead and follow us on Instagram at oldwaysforthenewage underscore podcast to see more of what we talk about here. We hope you'll join us next time. Until then, bye for now.